Well, good morning, everyone. What a good God we serve. Amen. You know, before we get started, I want to just to give a shout out. My sister's in town. Sister. Sister, it's so good to see you. She's the tanned one in the room. So if you're looking like, what's going on? It's the tanned one. So she flew in from Australia last week's Monday night. And so here she is. She's actually the associate pastor at her church at uh, Redeemer Coast. There's a shout out for Redeemer Coast out there. Redeemer Coast, Australia. And uh, yeah, she's suffering for the Lord in plus 28 degrees. So I always feel she should feel bad for us. Like, you're, you're fine. But... No, we're so glad that you're here, Chloe. You're an amazing young woman of God, and we're so blessed. I'm blessed by you. So there she is. So if you want to go, you know, slap her. She's a personal trainer, so she can take hits really good. You can hit her. She'll, she'll take that real well. Right? Yeah, sure. Okay, good. <laughs> awesome. Well, let's, let's get into the Word of God this morning. I'm, I'm excited for what God is going to be speaking to us today. And, uh, you know, really, I, I just get the privilege of hearing it first time. And so all I'm doing, I'm just the delivery boy. And uh, so you get to hear what the Spirit of God has just been talking to us as a church family. And again, I am just so thankful that the Lord saw fit for us to understand and to walk and know and live out the authority that he gave us through the death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus. I'm so thankful. Aren't you glad that we get to know this stuff? No, y'all, we, aren't you thankful? The key, really, to more knowledge is not just trying to get more head knowledge. The beginning of wisdom is a reverential fear of the Lord, this respect, this awe for God. So if you're like, man, I'm, I'm, I'm wanting more wisdom this year, guess where it begins? Ah, oh, you stand in this high respect. So let me say this one more time. Aren't you thankful that we get to know what we know from the Word of God? Okay, one more time, and I think we're all going to get there. This is where it begins. I'm so serious. If you're like, if you just come for a little show, you're in the wrong spot. We look to the Spirit of God, and I am so thankful. Aren't we thankful that we get to know this from the Word of God? Woo! That's where it begins. Did you know you're supposed to celebrate before the touchdown or before the ball goes in the hoop? We're supposed to celebrate before all that happens with God. That's how it works. So before the touchdown of the arms go up, we start celebrating before the ball even gets thrown in the end zone. This is how it works with God. So for us, we get excited about the Word of God because, again, our approach to the Word is our approach to Him, and how I approach the Word is really what I'm going to get from it. So again, I'm so thankful for this Word. Now, I want to read to you real briefly again this, this Word that was given 42 years ago now, as it's 2022, and it says this, that the end of the age is coming upon this generation. Stop, ponder, selah, wow. And we get to be a part of it. God knew all this was going to take place, and he chose you and I to be in the last of the last days. So clearly there's a grace, there's an anointing on your and my life to be able not just to live here, but to bring in the kingdom of God on these last days. Hoorah. He says, the powers of darkness, the forces of evil are rampant as never before, and they will be increased in intensity and in velocity. And even many Christians will look and see upon these things and say, oh, there is no use. Throw their hands in futility and say, well, I guess it's all over. We'll just have to hold on and pray for Jesus to come shortly because the devil is about to take over everything. Aren't you glad that's not you? Come on, Garrett. Aren't you glad that's not you? That's what I'm talking about. Thank you, Colton. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. That's not us. But it goes on to say, but thus saith the Lord. 
Ready? This is what God says. This is what he said. In these days, I am searching the body of Christ to enlist soldiers. I will raise up a new band. I will raise up a new army and who will know how to pray against the powers of darkness and the light will dispel the darkness and the truth will set men free and prayer will break the bonds that bind men's minds and spirits and bodies. And there are those who will learn to take their place hurriedly. It must be hurriedly. It must be. Quickly it must be that they learn that they enter in quickly to stand against the forces of darkness and evil that try to come against the land, against the church, against the home, that would try and disrupt and destroy all that is good and all that God has endorsed. But the hand of the Lord is upon those who will listen and to the urge of God in the Spirit, to those who are attentive, they will pray, and the Spirit of God will help you to pray. Do not try to do it yourself. Though there must be labor on your part, yet at the same time, rest in him. Let the spirit flow through your life like a river, like a mighty wave. Let it flow through you. Give vent to these innermost groanings. Let them escape your lips. Take the time to get alone and wait. Sometimes not even saying anything, but on the inside of you, there is an agonizing. There is a flowing out of your spirit by the Holy Spirit to the great spirit, the father of spirits, and you will be sustained. You shall be kept and your family and your home will be sure and stand fast and your children shall grow up strong and faithful in the Lord and they shall have no fear. That's us. That's why this church exists. Man, the more, I'm just saying that more and more because Lord is getting it more and more clear to me. This is why we're here. Now, let's get into the word of God. Ephesians chapter 1, let's turn here for a moment. Ephesians 1, this is the prayer that we've prayed numerous times that I encourage you, do this daily. This is the greatest prayer. The Spirit of God gave it to the church so you can pray it over yourself, over your loved ones. I pray it over this church family regularly that the eyes of our heart, let's read it. That, may, that the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of glory, may give unto us, impact life church family, that he would give unto us, what? A spirit of wisdom and revelation in the deepened knowledge of him. That the eyes of our understanding or the eyes of your heart, the inner man, may be enlightened that you would know the hope of his calling, what are the riches of the glory of his inheritance in the saints, what else do we want to know? And what is the exceeding greatness of his power in and for us who believe? According to the working of his mighty power, which he worked in Christ when he raised him from the dead and set him at his own right hand in the heavenly places. Where is that? Far above all principality and power and might and dominion and every name that is named, not only in this age, but also with that which is yet to come. Woo! And he has put all things under his feet, and gave him to be the head over all things to the church, which is his body, the fullness of him who fills it all in all. Amen. He goes on to say, and you. Come on, say it. And me. And me what? And me he made alive. So everything we just read in Ephesians chapter 1, that part, and it says, and you, and me, he made alive when we were dead in our trespasses and sins. Now, don't ever forget where you came from, in which at once you walked according to the course of this world. Remember that? <laughs> according to the prince of the power of the air, the spirit who now works in the sons of disobedience, among whom we also conducted ourselves in the lusts of our flesh, fulfilling the desires of the flesh and of the mind, and we were by nature the children of wrath just as others. Now that gives us a lot of sympathy towards those that are lost. 
Don't get so smug and so arrogant. Well, I don't do that anymore. You used to. <laughs> so rather than, I'm better than thou. No, no, no. I used to be in that same mess. But this is the good news. But God, who is so rich in mercy because of his great love wherewith he loved us, even though we were dead in our trespasses and sins, what did he do? He made us alive together with Christ by grace. You have been saved. And then verse 6, it says, And God has raised us up together with him and made us sit together with him in heavenly places in Christ Jesus. Hallelujah. Now, in the mind of God, where does he see you? In Christ? Where is that? At the right hand of the Father in heavenly places, correct? We did a lot of that in the fall. We talked about that. That's how he sees you. But it's going to do you and I no good if we don't see ourselves that way. So I have to take on this mindset. I have to adopt the mindset that God has of me, which is just right where you're sitting. Close your eyes and see yourself seated far above all sicknesses, all poverty, all destruction over all the junk that's going on in this world. I am seated far above. Come on, say it far above. All the situations, the nastiness, the junk that's all going on. I am seated far above all of that. Do you see yourself there? That's the mindset we have to take on as the church. We are in this world, but we are not of it. And so what, what this world needs, and you can see those quotes, uh, you know, a fearless or a fearful world needs a fearless church. Yeah, but a fearful world needs a church that knows who they are. And when you get to know who you are, fear just begins to move out. Who am I? I'm a child of the Most High God, seated with Him in heavenly places in Christ Jesus. Now, the next part of this is I have to now take my seat. Now, I want to just, I have two tables up here, so you're probably wondering, what seat am I going to take? That's a good question. i got to decide which one I like better. But let's just say this table over here is the victorious table. And on that side over there is the religious table. Okay. Now, let's talk here for a minute about the, the victorious table. When I take my seat in heavenly places in Christ Jesus, this is what I'm talking about, a victorious table. When you're at a victorious table, it sounds different than that one. It thinks different than that one. It talks different than that one. It acts different than that one. In fact, really, the response to hardships sounds a whole lot different here than it does over here. Right? What else? The actions when tough times come looks and sounds a whole lot different here than when you get over there. Really, uh, that, what's, what's happening at this table? There, we are aware that there's a spiritual battle going on. And we are also aware that we are in sync with the Spirit of God and flowing and responding to Him, not what we see with our natural eyes. Not what we see with the natural. We're not moved by natural. We're moved by what He says to be true in His Word. Now jump over to the religious table. Come on, gang, let's go over and have some fun at the religious table. This table, the majority of believers, sadly, sit up right here. It all sounds good. Oh, yeah, that's good, that's good, but I'm looking for a feeling. I'm looking for something in the natural to prove to me that, this is, that that's true. At this table right here, the sound here is more victimhood. I'm, I'm calling this the religious table. What does it sound like? It doesn't work for me. Why does it always happen to me? This, that tithing stuff is just so stupid. It doesn't make any sense. Enjoy religious table. What do they have? They have a form of godliness, but they deny the power thereof. Yeah. 
So what else do you got here? When hardships come, it's easy to blame God. It's easy to blame other people. It's easy just to play the blame game all day long. That's at this religious table. We'll sit here all day and you can whine and bawl and squall and nothing changes at the religious table. And really, religious folk attract religious folk. So what the Lord has really been helping me more and more, this, I'm preaching to myself. I hope you benefit from this. But for me, at this victorious table, this is what you and I are learning to live at. When you accepted Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, you got transferred out of the kingdom of darkness. Now you got to choose to t- what seat are you going to sit at? Because religious has a, has a mighty sound to it, and it's very popular out in the world. It sounds good. It sounds Bible, but it's not. Jesus paid too high of a price for you to ball and squall at the religious table. He made you here a victorious conqueror. So at this table, what is it? We don't go from defeat to victory at this table. We go from victory to victory to victory to victory till we're out of here. That's how this is. So I'm not here to condemn. I'm not here to put down or put anything down or anyone down or what may you may have been at. But for us, we've got to learn how to take a seat at this table and stay put. Because as long as we keep even going back and forth, we're never going to see the authority that has been given to us fully operating in our lives. Because we're going to be sitting over there, I guess it works once in a while. It works for them, not for me. Well, it must work for you. He's a preacher. It must work for him. It doesn't matter. Every believer has this authority. We've got to learn to operate from this table. So what we're doing this morning is we're going to take the time to understand how do I flow? How do I not just take my seat, but now how do I release spiritual authority from this place? Because operating from here, it's all wishful thinking. Do this. It's almost, it's like, it's too churchy over here. I do, I do this stuff when I'm in church. Not when you have a victorious mindset, you, you think and you act a little bit differently over here regularly. So can we, can we talk about that this morning? Okay. So again, learning to operate from this table, and I want to show you this in Ephesians chapter 4, verse 1. Because again, if you read Ephesians, just the entire book, when you read this verse, this has to do about with this seat that you've been given. He says, as a prisoner of the Lord, I plead with you. What's that word plead? I'm begging, please, with you to walk holy in a way that is suitable to your high rank. Do you realize what this table is? It is the highest rank that heaven has. And you got it. You and I are being trained for what's yet to come. Not just this earth that we're in. Yes, to actually rule and reign here. Absolutely, the Bible tells us that, Romans 5, 17. But it's also for the age which is yet to come. So we are in this beautiful training time right now. So let's take advantage and kick some devil booty while we're at it. All right. To walk holy in a way that is suitable to my high rank given to you in your divine calling. Now, divine calling could say, well, God's called me to be a teacher. God's called me to be a, you know, electrician. God's called me to be a plumber. God's called me to be a pastor. That is not your high rank or your divine calling. The divine calling is the occupying of this seat first. This is my high rank and my divine calling first. Every believer has been given this seat. Now, I have to learn to sit here. I've got to learn to occupy it. I've got to learn how to talk like it. I've got to learn how to think in this spot. This is what all of this is all about, is learning how to operate as if you already got the victory. It's all right here. Okay? Now, I mean, Paul, I'll just read these next couple verses for you, but just to show you how it does operate with other people. With tender humility, okay? Quiet patience, 
always demonstrate gentleness and generous love towards one another, especially those who may try your patience. <laughs> so I was, rah, 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 rah. You're gentle. Gentle. Come on, everybody, say it with me. I'm gentle. Peaceful. To who? To who? Especially who? Come on, y'all, you got to say it. Especially who? Towards those who may try your patience. <laughs> so that's how this seed operates. Look how else it operates. Verse 3. Be faithful to guard the sweet harmony of the Holy Spirit among you in bonds of peace. So what is he saying? Protect this. Protect it. This is, a, this is by invitation only. All, many are called, few come. Verse 4, it says, Being one body, one spirit, as you were called into the same glorious hope of divine destiny. Now, Colossians chapter 3, again, verses we read. But I want to put it to your attention again, because from this spot, he says, Since you have been raised to new life in Christ Jesus, set your sights. Come on, say it with me. Set your sights. How have you been setting your sights on something else? On the realities of heaven. Where Christ sits at the place of honor. What is he telling you to do? Look and see things from this perspective. Wow. I'm going to we'll explain how to do that in a sec. At God's right hand, verse 2, think about the things of heaven, not the things of earth. Why? Because down there, you died. And your real life is now here, hidden with Christ in God. So where are these heavenly realities? Do I have to just try to, you know, try to think about heaven stuff? How do I do that? You go to the Word. The Word is the perfect picture of the realities of heaven. You go through Paul's letters, Romans, Corinthians, Galatians, Ephesians, Philippians, Colossians. Go through them all, and you will find this one phrase, in Christ, in Him, in whom, in the Beloved. Those words give you and I pictures of what the heavenly realities look like. For example, Ephesians 1.3, Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who has blessed us with every spiritual blessings in heavenly places because we're in Christ Jesus. So what do I do? Think on that. Let that become a dominant thought in your thinking rather than looking at, well, this is just what's going on in my life. No, no, no. He's saying, think about this new way of living because you're now seated here. See, religion says, oh, yeah, I'm, I, I, that's all true, that's all true. And then all of a sudden they see the natural thing going, well, God, where are you in all this? Come on, come on, God, do something. What is it? It sounds good. It has a form of godliness, but they deny the power thereof. So it's playing church. I don't know about you, but I'm done playing church. It's not working. The world's not attracted to it. Christians aren't attracted to it. But why do we stay down here? Because nobody ever taught us how to go from here, how to live over here. Now, Again, we have to understand how to operate from this seat. And also, what we've been talking about, you know, early December, we talked about what the enemy tries to do to take us away from this seat. Now, because you op occupy this, the devil can't get there, but he will do everything he can to pull you out. And that's why he brings obstacles, situations, problems, strife. All of these situations are there to pull you out from a place of authority because once you're out of position... Where are you? You are wide open for attack, and you are fair game for the enemy to come to steal, kill, and to destroy. So I don't know about you, but it's my job to shut the door. Say with me, shut the door. Now what we've seen through the word of God is I've been given authority. God gave me the authority to shut the door on the enemy. God even said, resist the devil, and he'll flee from who? From God? From you. 
And that word flee we saw is the Greek word where it literally to run in terror rather than you being terrorized by the devil. Now you're actually terrorizing him. You wake up and he goes, shoot, he's up. She woke up, blast. Now what? He just takes flight because you've learned how to shut the door on everything he tries to do. Opportunity to strife to come in? Nope. I refuse to go down that path. Not, not a chance. I shut that off right now. Devil, go find somebody else to pick on. Done. That's the power you have. Now, operating from this seat, Luke 10, 19. Again, this is one of our favorite verses. It's the devil's least favorite verse. What did Jesus do again explaining to his disciples? He says, now you understand that I have imparted to you all of my authority. What do we do? Come on, y'all. What do we do? Why are you on this earth? You're a born-again child of God to do what? To trample over his kingdom. That's why I'm here. That's why you're here. You will trample upon every demon before you and overcome every power Satan possesses absolutely nothing. Say it with me. Absolutely nothing. One more time. Absolutely. Come on, one more time. Absolutely. Tell him, absolutely nothing will be able to harm me as I walk in this authority. Woo, and we jumped and celebrated and we tramped and we showed the devil who's what. We put him in his spot. Now, couple things to remember. Number one is this. Remember, spiritual warfare, again, is not fighting the devil in order to defeat him. Spiritual warfare is not you and I trying to go out looking for the devil and trying to overcome in some kind of way, looking for an obstacle to come my way. Oh, I hope I can overcome this. That's this thinking. I hope I can get out of this. Man, this, the devil's just been doing stuff to me. That's here. When you start thinking now as a victorious person in Christ Jesus, the devil throws something your way. What is your mindset? Thanks be to God who always causes me to triumph through my Lord Jesus Christ. Financial problems come your way. Woo, what does the word got to say about that? I'm going to sow a seed. Ha, put the pressure on me, devil. I'm going to put it right back on the word. Can I just give you a little personal example? Jamie and I had the wonderful opportunity to get away just a couple days just to pray, seek the Lord a little bit. And on our first night away, I get a call about our rental property, all the pipes frozen in because our renters were gone. So that's to get a call from somebody and they explain all that news to me. So I remember that next morning I went down to the gym and I was just kind of by myself in that gym and I'm just worshiping the Lord a little bit. And I finally just sat down on my little spot. I, you know, there's about 500 pounds on each side. I just thought I'm going to lay those down for a little bit. <laughs> <laughs> and I sat there for a second. I said, devil, a frozen pipe is the best you got. And then what happened? I just started laughing at it. I said, a frozen pipe, that's all you got? A frozen pipe? Just start laughing at him. Why? Because I'm choosing to operate from this victorious table. Because what happens, whatever happens, when something happens negative, your first response to it really is going to dictate how the end's going to look. So right now, we're in the process of getting that sorted out. But at this point, just saying, that's the best you got? A frozen pipe? You wanted to flood my basement? Ha, ha, ha. Do you feel like it? No. But, again, what is this table aware of? Of a spiritual war that is going on. I understand the cold. It's ridiculous out there. But I know... But behind all this, to steal, kill, and to destroy, I am not going to let him take my joy. 
So did Jamie and I have a great time? Well, I sure did. And I'm sure she did because I was there. It was great. But do you see how this all works? Is how am I going to respond? Am I going to respond from this religious state? Well, God, why is all these things happen to me? Doesn't make any sense. I'm working so hard to do things what you want me to do. And this is what I get. Enjoy. And what's going to happen with whining and complaining? Nothing. You get stuck. And in fact, really, what you attracted to yourself is more demons. It's the same thing. Like, you know, you go hunting or whatever. You, you let out a call if you're, you know, you're shooting some kind of animal. And what do you do? You kind of let out a dead rabbit call or something. And what are you attracting is these, these other animals to come and attack. Right? Hunters out there? Any hunters? Am I in the wrong crowd? Okay, yeah. This, for the three. Yeah, this, thank you, Josh. Appreciate that. You are looking to attract. Well, the same way whining and complaining. Guess who you attract? You think you're attracting God, getting his attention. He doesn't speak that language. He speaks victory. That's God's tone. That's his language. That's his accent is victory. So whining, complaining, he goes, I love you, but I gave you the authority. It's on you. It's in you. I gave it to you. Now, if you and I choose not to operate in the authority that God has given us, we have limited him. The God of the universe can be limited by a mere mortal. Absolutely. How? By refusing to use the authority that God has given us through the death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus. We have been seated here with him in heavenly places. Now he says, now you go with this authority. You have all the power that I've given you. I'll back you up, but you've got to enforce it. Even though God wants you healed. God believes in healing. God sent Jesus for your healing. You may need healing and you may never get it because you've never exercised the authority that God gave it to you. Rather, what are we doing? We're looking, God, please, I need it. I just need victory. I just, can you please heal me? Please heal me. Please heal me. He's going, I gave it to you. I gave you the authority. So what do you do? You take that authority and you say, okay, knee, in the name of Jesus, I command that cartilage. I command that whatever it is. In the name of Jesus, God gave me this authority. So you grow back now in Jesus' name. What are you doing? You're giving God now access to get into your situation. And you do that for everything in this life. Okay. Now, let me go back here a little bit. So part of our, yeah, remember the first thing here is that the enemy is already defeated. So spiritual warfare is understanding the victory and then enforcing the victory that Jesus has already purchased for us. The second thing we need to remember also now, as I said, is that God has given us the authority on this earth. God wants us, wants you to start living on this earth as if you created it. <laughs> How? What? That doesn't sound right. I know we didn't create it, but he wants you to act as if you did. You own the thing. Doesn't the word of God tell us that? The, word, the world he gave to the children of men. It belongs to us. So what do I do? I have to use my authority in it. Even though God has healed you, I said that part already. As I, one other thing, it's been too comfortable to blame God and the devil for all the bad stuff that's going on. And we've come to see from the word of God that I have the authority. So now what do I need to do is I need to be, start being sick and tired about being sick and tired. It's time for the church to get some grit. Not like anger, not in a bad way, because anger going against people is never right. But there is a righteous anger. You can go, enough is enough. 
devil, you have had way too much access. This stops right here. When is the church going to go enough? Shut him up in your own personal life and maybe in your family. Shut him up. Too much. Now, because again, here's the truth of the matter, and I don't know how else to say it other than just saying it. But the hell that you may be going through, you authorized it. Oh, man. Why is this always happening in my life? You authorized it. God has no access into this earth. The devil has no access into this earth unless you yield it to him. God and the enemy are both looking for access into this earth through human vessels that would submit their will and yield to doing things like what Jamie was saying this morning to his ways. Once you do that, guess what? God's got full access. And we're wondering why. God, why is this happening to so-and-so? They're a good person and they died, you know? What's all this going on? You have no idea what's being being said behind closed doors. So again, you and I have got to learn to take this ownership and say, this is my spot. I occupy this spot. Nobody, no devil, no thing is taking me from this table. Is this all making sense? I don't want to jump too far ahead. I'm a little, after my burst pipe, I think I'm a little... Stop it. (laughs) Now, how do I release spiritual authority? How do I release spiritual authority? Of course, we know we have declarations. We can decree a thing. We can start acknowledging the finished works of Jesus and what he's done. That's all true. That's all good. And it's good to confess. I mean, the Bible even tells us to hold fast to our confession of faith. Don't let go of what you believe. Keep speaking the same thing. Pastor John and Ingrid did a marvelous job on that, talking about that last week. Hold fast. Keep speaking, even though it looks all different. I know Pastor Ingrid's word towards us last week was, let's just agree with God. Let's keep agreeing with him. So God says this. The world says that. I'm going with God. God says this about my finances. My bank account says this about my finances. I'm going with God. God, this is how he talks. He calls those things which be not as though they were. (laughs) So what do I got to do? I got to look at this. You know, why don't we say this together with me? In the name of Jesus, I am blessed. Yeah, but did you see my, it doesn't matter what it looks like. What did he say about it? He told you you're blessed. Now what do I need to do? I need to now follow suit with him. Lord, you lead me from victory to victory. So how can I be the next billionaire? What do I got to do? And God will show you. The Bible tells us he's got a thousand different ways to get you out of your mess. How am I going to get out of debt in 2022? Go to him. He will show you. Do you think it's God's will that that his people be bound up? No. So what do we do? God, what do I do? I go to him. Teach me, sir. And start going and operating with his ways. But if you refuse the ways of God, forget it. It's not going to work. You're just hanging out at the religious table. Just looking for a touch from God, looking for God to intervene somehow. And in the whole time, he's told you, you take this authority, you stand in it, you operate in it, and let's see it come to pass. Now, what's another way that we really start to see the spiritual, that we release spiritual authority is through praise and thanksgiving. The devil hates when you do it. Why? Because he wanted it. So this isn't a churchy thing where we come and we sing a few songs. That's, That's not... That is not a churchy thing. That's what this table does. (laughs) 
I remember hearing a testimony from a gentleman. He went to heaven. Uh, Jesse Duplantis is the gentleman's name. And he went there, and there was a, the angel that was he within. He said he was looking around heaven. He went, glory to God. And all of a sudden, the angel just yelled out, glory to God. And they said it just picked up. And all the angels around the place just started yelling, glory to God. What is that? It's, it's, it comes out of them. There's a certain sound that comes from this seat this victorious seat. Praise and thanksgiving is normal here. Here, oh, I save it for churchy stuff. Oh, I don't, are they singing that song again? Let me know when the next song comes up. And we're stuck here because we're looking for a favorite. I'm looking for a goosebump. Meanwhile, God deserves all the praise there is in the world, regardless of what the song's like. And you can start praising and things. Even when my pipe bursts, I thank you, Lord, my pipes are fixed. I thank you, Lord, my pipes, they're flowing water, just flows up and down them. No problem. You can start making songs on it. You can praise. I actually have better praise times than I do anywhere else by myself. You know what I love when nobody else is here? Because I can just sing a new song right there. And we can sing a new song to the Lord. And you can just, wow, let her go. Let her rip. And you know what? The Father loves that. And the devil hates it. See, praise affects three beings. It affects God, it affects you, and it affects the devil. All in very different ways. We see from the Word of God that God, and He inhabits the praises of His people. It affects you because what it do? It puts you in a right temperament, puts you in a right place to hear, get direction. And the devil, we're going to see that in a sec, but you actually paralyze him. All of a sudden, he's moving on your behalf. Your pipes burst, and all of a sudden, you start singing to the song, song to the Lord. He, he hates it. Again, we have to start looking at what it looks like in the unseen realm. Okay. Colossians chapter 2. Anybody ready to sing a new song? Okay. I'm going to hit another octave this morning, and I'm ready to. Verse 6, it says, As you therefore have received Christ Jesus the Lord, so walk in Him. Okay, now he says, rooted. Come on, say with me, rooted. Come on, roots. I'm getting rooted, and I'm getting built up. Where? In Him. Not CNN. Not Fox. Not COVID. Stop talking about it here. Who gives a rip what they say? We're going to talk victory. I'm rooted up and built up and established. Where? In him, in the faith. Now notice, rooted and built up in him. Look at this word. And established. Come on, say it with me. Established. Established. Strong. I'm not movable. I'm not bending. I'm established in the faith. As you've been taught, how do I get established? Through thanksgiving. What do I do between I'm believing God for whatever and here I am? Thanksgiving. You know, Ephesians chapter 4 in the Message Bible, it says, let thanksgiving be our dialect. Let it be the very way that Christians talk, that all of a sudden when a tough thing comes, no matter what's happening in your life, I could squeeze you and hear, praise the Lord. The world comes in. Ah, uh, I'm going to take all your money. <laughs> Praise the Lord. <laughs> the, 
The enemy's trying to put sickness and disease on you. Ah, <laughs> coughs. <laughs> and here's all this extra disease. And what do you do? Praise the Lord. That's what he's saying should be coming out of us. Rather than, oh, God, why is this happening to me? Sickness, oh, it's flu season. It always comes around. You're the prophet of your own life. God, why is this happening? I guess this migraine is just going to put me out for another week. Tell my friends that I'll see them in a week. And you just hang it up. I'm not trying to be crude, but this is reality. And meanwhile, we have a world to take over. And here I am. I got a, hang, I got a hangnail problem. God, I'd, I'd go, but this, this really hurts. <laughs> I'm not trying to be rude in any kind of way, but I'm trying to show the reality of where maybe some people are. We need to get over here. The enemy tries to operate and tries to throw something on us. What do we do? No. Not today. It's done. I ain't taking that sickness. Migraine? Go to hell. You put that thing where it belongs. And we start operating from this position. Pipe burst? Bring it on. Well, I got a mop. Bring it on. <laughs> All right. <sighs> we have to stop, start thanking God again from this seat, learning how to operate. I didn't get there overnight. Listen, I, I spent a majority. I spent a lot of time here. Like, I believed all this stuff. Listen, I grew up with this strong faith, grace message. I grew up in this. And all of a sudden, you know, like you're working hard for God, all of a sudden you come down with the flu or something. You go, what? I'm working hard. Mom, are you praying for me or did you stop? <laughs> Why is this happening? Why is this taking place? Why does my body... And so what... I Listen, there's nothing wrong being here unless you are willing... To, if you want to stay here. If you've been in this little place for, for however long, because maybe you, this is how you were taught, this is just what, what kind of you grew up, and this is what the church world just kind of shared with you, that this is how life is, and you just got to take it on the chin like a good soldier and just march on for Jesus, sniffling and, you know, barely getting by and just hope to God that you just make it. That's where you're at. I want to tell you there's another table for you to join, and we'd love to have you there. Don't stay here. Don't stay here. Come on, say it with me. Don't stay here. This is not the table for you. Jesus paid too big of a price for you to be stuck here. Jesus didn't come to make a new religion. He came to establish a new relationship in victory. That's what he came to establish. His blood was poured out so that you can start speaking a whole different dialect than the world right here. Because what's the difference sounding here than the world? They sound the exact same. They sound the exact same. Come on, somebody. They sound the exact same. The only difference is, is, yeah, we believe Jesus is Lord. But other than that, other than that, there's not much difference. You look like him, you talk like him, you smell like him, you think like him. It's all the same. But this is why we are here. We are here to demonstrate the victory that Jesus came and purchased for us. How? By you and I enforcing the victory that we've already been received. Now, I hope you're getting this. This is where you are. So when I take my seat, I'm not taking some religious thing and just going, oh, yes, praise the Lord, and I worship God in church. Yeah, praise the Hallelujah. hallelujah, glory to God. Yeah, praise the It's a new worship slang I just threw in there for you. <laughs> praise the Okay. 
So now why is praise and thanksgiving a threat to the enemy? Let's look at this, Matthew chapter 21. And while I'm here, I might as well just, you know, kind of venture on just to say a few more things. But for us, I mean, this is, this is how we are. Praise and thanksgiving is our dialect. So I want to encourage you. We should just be doing it regularly. Like now. Like now. Glory! You go, oh, I, I, you know, I, I don't really do that. I, I, I'm, I'm not like that. I come from mainstream line denominations. I, I got a PhD, you know, and I'm really, really smart. And I just, you know, it's not really my thing. Like, I'm, I'm too dressed up for that type of stuff. I, I, I look real pretty, and I don't want to wreck that. You're going to have to get ugly for Jesus at some point. And again, it's not just for you and I. This is not a churchy thing. This is not just what, oh, Impact Life Church. Oh, yeah, they raise their hands there. Let everything that has breath, praise the Lord. Everything. Take a breath. You got a breath? What does that mean? I can praise him. (laughs) Praise the (laughs) hallelujah. Come on now. Praise the hallelujah. Oh, man, it's so good. Just to praise the Lord. It changes the atmosphere. It changes you completely, giving God access. Now, let's, let me just show you what the, <laughs> what does it do to the enemy? Okay, so right after Jesus healed a couple lepers, or so he healed some folk, and it says, uh, the, when the chief priests and scribes saw the wonderful things that he did, and the children crying out in the temple saying, Hosanna to the son of David, they were indignant. Other translations say they were extremely angry. Extremely angry. And they said to Jesus, verse 16, Do you hear what these are saying? And Jesus said to them, Have you never read? That'll tick somebody off just like that. (laughs) Have you ever read? Out of the mouth of babes and nursing infants, you have perfected praise. Now I want you to hear how Jesus said it, but now this is a direct quote from Psalm chapter 8 verse 2. So let's turn there for a moment. And now I want you to see this. Out of the mouth of babes and nursing infants, you have ordained. He changed the word from praise to strength. I'd like to just submit this to you that praise is strength. Praise is strength. And he says, because of your enemies, that you may silence the enemy and the avenger. When? When you open up your mouth and you start, glory to God. Thank you, Jesus. I trust in you. I look to you. Father, I thank you. And by in your hands, no man can take me out. You start celebrating. You start praising the Lord. What does it do to the enemy? It shuts him up. Stops the accuser. Now look at this in the Passion Bible. It says, you have built a stronghold of songs, uh, stronghold by the songs of babies. Strength rises. Say it with me. Strength rises up with the chorus of singing children. The kind of praise has the power to shut Satan's mouth. Anybody interested in shutting him up? 
So when you watch that constant negative news, and you're constantly seeing what they're saying, and they're going to be doing this, they're going to be doing that, it's a good time for you to lift up your mouth. You shut those people up right there. I'm not talking people. It's not the people we're against. It's the enemy that's enforcing. We're influencing all that stuff. We shut it up how? Praise. Childlike worship will silence the madness of those who oppose you. So when a tough situation comes, what do you do? Praise hallelujah! <laughs> All right. I'm preaching to myself because this was really needed for me. Now, what is Satan after? He's after your joy. He's after your praise, which is after your strength, so that he can continue to beat you up. You know what? If you refuse to do this, the devil's going to keep kicking your backside all day long. I don't really like to do it. It doesn't matter what you like. The Bible tells us this is the ways of God. Praise silences the enemy. I don't know about you, but I would lift your voice. I would get your praise going on as loud as I possibly can, regardless of who's around me. Why am I doing it? Because I know that in the spiritual battle, what's happening? You are shutting that enemy up. Sickness trying to come in my house? Glory to God. No, it ain't coming in here. So what do I do? Father, I want to thank you that by the stripes of Jesus, I am healed. My family is healed by the stripes of Jesus. And it just... Came out just like that. Amen. We're thinking, oh, they're so anointed. They're so anointed. No, we know how to operate in the authority God gave us. That's what it is. So rather than looking at people and go, oh, the anointing on that. No, no, no. You have the same authority to operate in. Take it. Who's in charge of your house? Me? I am not. I'm in charge of my house. And in my house, sickness, you are not allowed in here. So there's a few times I know that something was trying to come on one of my sons, my oldest son. So all of a sudden, he, we were kind of talking a little bit about him. I, I showed him a couple verses on that. And I laid hands on him, and boy, I was ticked off. Not at him, but I said, devil. And I, <laughs> my son kind of... <laughs> Jace, get over here. I'm going to lay hands on you. <laughs> get over here. <laughs> What are you doing? You are getting so ticked off that cold. You're not there just to slow us down a week. If unchecked, you're there trying to hurt and destroy my son. Get your claws off of my son. When are we going to take that? Okay. All right. Let's show you this last part here in 2 Chronicles chapter 20. This is, you've probably heard this story. Great. But if not, I want you to read it again and hear it again. Because this, this is a real story that took place and it all had to do with praise. Okay, so I want to read this quick. It says, After this, the armies of the Moabites, Ammonites, and some of the Menunites declared war on Jehoshaphat. So that's a lot of ites coming after you, right? Three different armies coming after you. Messengers came and told Jehoshaphat, A vast army, not a few, a multitude of them from Edom is marching against you from beyond the Dead Sea. They are already at the Hazazan Tamar. Verse 3. Jehoshaphat was terrified by this news and begged the Lord for guidance. He also ordered everyone in Judah to begin fasting. So people from all of the town of Judah came from Jerusalem to seek the Lord for help. Verse 5, Jehoshaphat stood before the community of Judah and Jerusalem in front of the new courtyard at the temple of the Lord. Now, we're gonna, I'm going to read this, and I want you just to... They don't know the end result like we do. Okay? They have no idea how this is going to pan out. So I want you, whatever the situation may be in your current state of life is, I want you just to take the example that we see from Jehoshaphat in the kingdom here. So this was his prayer. 
O Lord, God of our ancestors, you alone are the God who is in heaven. You are ruler of all the kingdoms of the earth. You are powerful and mighty, and no one can stand against you. Do you see how he just starts talking, how he magnifies God? O our God, did you not drive out those who lived in this land when your people Israel arrived? And did, uh, did you not give this land forever to the descendants of your friend Abraham? Your people settled here and built this temple to honor your name. They said, wherever we faced Wherever we are faced with any calamity such as war, plague, or famine, we can come to stand in your presence before this temple where your name is honored. We can cry out to you to save us, and you will hear us, and you will rescue us. Verse 10, and now see. Now I want you to first see, notice what did he do first? He talked about, God, this is who you are, this is what you've done. Do you see the remembrance and how important it is to remember? God, look, which, this is what you've done for my life. This is what you've done for my family. This is what you've done in my family. Remember all these things. Here I am, Lord, because of the descendants that have come through generations. Here I am. And now, Lord, see what the armies of Ammon, Moab, and Mount Seir are doing. You would not let our ancestors invade those nations when Israel left Egypt. So they went out around them, and they did not destroy them. Now, Verse 11, see how they reward us, for they have come to throw us out of your land, which you gave us as an inheritance. Oh, our God, won't you stop them? We are powerless against this mighty army. You may be feeling that too. I'm powerless against a certain, you got a, a disease or some, you know, God, doctor gave you a death sentence. Or you're doing something, I, I'm, I have nothing else to do. I don't know what else I can possibly do. We are powerless against this mighty army that is about to attack us. We do not know what to do, but we are looking to you for help. You may not know what to do, but we know where to look. And that is a very important thing for you and I to remember as we go forward into 2022. There's going to be some stuff that comes up that we don't know what to do, but we know where to look. Where do we look? Our eyes are fixed on you. The Lord is our helper. What is that talk? I hope, can, can you see the difference here? Can you see how Jehoshaphat, Old Testament King Jehoshaphat is talking? Could, could you imagine religious old Jehosh, King Jehoshaphat? What would it sound like, that prayer, the, the last eight verses? Oh God, oh God, I got a lot of people here. There's a ton of, there's women and children, God, and you're just going to let them die? This is life and death. Do you not see this, God? Like, do you not see? Look at all this. We did all these things right. And I got, I'm trying to lead this kingdom well. I'm trying to do these things well. And yet these armies come against us. Come on, God. What are you going to give us a break? All of that talk. Listen, you may not have said those words, but you sure felt it. Sure, man, I really want to let God get a piece of that. What's the problem with that? Form of godliness, but you were denying the power thereof. What he actually gave you. Jehoshaphat's talking like a victorious king over there. That's a man that I want to be under his kingship. That's a man that I want to follow. Okay. Verse 13. All the men of Judah stood before the Lord and their little ones, their wives and their children. Now I love verse 14. It says, the spirit of the Lord came. <laughs> Why did he come? Talking like a victorious person. What do you get? You get to hear victorious talk Amen. spirit of god loves us he cares so much about us he actually moved on the inside of us but unless we start learning to talk like he talks start thinking like he thinks start operating like he operates we won't it's not that he's trying to distance from himself it's not trying he's trying to show us that you can't hear him 
He speaks victory. He acts victorious. He thinks victorious. So I've got to learn. God's not going to jump ship and hang out in the religious group. He's going to say, come over here. This is the victorious side. God never loses. God has never lost a case. He's never lost a battle. So what do I got to do? Rather than try to drag God over here and explain my problems to him, no, get over here. Let God pull you over here. Have a seat. Look what my son Jesus did for you. Okay. Spirit of the Lord came upon one of the men standing there. And how thank God this, the Spirit of the Lord is here. He's right here. His name was Jehazel, one of the descendants of Asaph. Verse 15, he said, listen, all you people of Judah and in Jerusalem, listen, King Jehoshaphat, this is what the Lord says. Do not be afraid. <laughs> okay, listen, where's God speaking from? Okay, he's speaking over here, right? Or what if he was a God of not so much victory? Oh, guys, it's going to be rough. Just hang in there. I know if some of you may die. Just hang in there. Just take that sword in like a good soldier, will you? Aren't you glad we don't serve that kind of a God? Yeah, you're going to die. You're going to die. You're going to die. You're going to die. Oh, yeah, you and all your family is going to die. Like, that's not how he talks. He says, don't be afraid. Don't be discouraged by this mighty army, for the battle is not yours, but God's. Tomorrow, march out against them. You will find them coming up the ascent of the Ziz at the end of the valley that opens up in the wilderness of Jeruel. And there goes God telling the plans of the enemy. <laughs> See, when you start hearing and start talking and operating this way, guess what? All the plans of the enemy gets laid out, and Satan goes, nuts. Because it don't work on you. Sorry for my English. That wasn't proper. Verse 17. But you will not even need to fight. Take your positions. Then stand still and watch the Lord's victory. Oh. Glory. He is with you. Oh, people of Judah and Jerusalem. Do not be afraid or discouraged. Go out against them tomorrow. For the Lord is with you. Then King Jehoshaphat, now look at this. They bowed low with his face to the ground, and all the people of Judah and Jerusalem did the same thing. What did they do? Worship the Lord. Now I want you to see, God spoke, but what's needed? Man's response. What's the proper response to the word of God? Thank you. Thank you, thank you, thank you. It's this worship, God, thank you. It says, then the Levites from the clans of the Kohath, and Korah stood to praise the Lord, the God of Israel, with a? They had to use their authority for God to come in. Can you see how this is all connected? God says, the battle's not yours, it's mine. So what did they do? They worshiped the Lord. And then with a very loud shout, they praised God. What are we waiting for? Our favorite song? You don't need a song. What do you need? You just need a voice. Come on, y'all. With a very loud, hallelujah! That's my boy right there. That's what I'm talking about, dude. Let it out. Let it out. I don't really feel like doing it. Then have fun sitting there. Demons will eat your lunch. And then pop the bag. What do we got to do? Start acting like victorious believers. This isn't a churchy thing. 
You could go to any church in the world and this is the norm, should be the norm. Verse 20, early the next morning, the army of Judah went out into the land of Tekoa. On the way, Jehoshaphat stopped and said, listen to me, all the people of Judah and Jerusalem, believe in the Lord your God and you will be able to stand firm. Then he says, believe in his prophets and you will succeed. (laughs) All right, verse 21, it says, after consulting the people, the king appointed Arnold Rambo. (laughs) Oh, no, sorry. Sorry, we're going to war, God? Are we going to war here? How come I thought Schwarzenegger and Rambo and, you know, Sylvester Stallone? Why why isn't Rocky on there? Oh, he did things a little differently. He appointed singers. Singers. And I don't think you even have to be talented. Anybody got a voice? You can sing. He appointed singers to walk ahead of the army. Go ahead, singers. Meanwhile, you got like this double-sworded, speared shield guy. Okay. 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 Hey. (laughs) (laughs) To walk ahead of the army, singing to the Lord and praising him for his holy splendor. This is what they sang. Give thanks to the Lord. His faithful love endures forever. How many times do you think they sung that? I believe they just sang it over and over and over. You know, God has a favorite song. And it it sounds just like this. For the Lord is good. You see this in the Old Testament. When did God show up? When the people of God sang, for the Lord is good. And his mercy endures forever. Come on, can we say that? For the Lord is good. And his mercy endures forever. Come on again. Lord, you are good. And your mercy endures forever. Again, Lord, you are good. And your mercy endures forever. Woo! Lord, you are good. You're good to me. You're good to my wife. You're good to my children. You're good to my family. You're good to my parents. You're good, you're good, you're good. And your faithful love and mercy, it endures forever. Verse 22, look at this. At that moment. Come on, anybody ready for some suddenlies or at that moment things in their life? That's what I'm looking for. At those moments, they began to sing and give praise. The Lord caused the armies of Ammon, Moab, and Mount Seir to start fighting among themselves. the armies of Moab and Ammon turned against their allies from Mount Seir and killed every one of them. And after they destroyed the army of Seir, they began attacking each other. Talk about confusion. Whose team are you on? Double agents all over the place. Well, la, 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 la. Then verse 24. So when the army of Judah, what are they doing? They're walking, right? God told them where to march. What are they singing? The Lord is good and his mercy endures forever. Lord, you are good, and your mercy endures forever. They, army, they arrived to the lookout point of the wilderness. All they saw, dead bodies lying on the ground as far as they could see, and not a single one of them of the enemy had escaped. <laughs> Eventually the worship team turned around and said, We got it, no problem. You guys could just turn around and go back. <laughs> Verse 25, King Jehoshaphat and his men went out to gather the plunder. They found vast amounts of equipment, clothing, and other valuables. And you, you kind of do some study on that. It talks about wealth and riches beyond. More than they could carry. There was so much plunder that it took three days to just collect it all. Out of what? 
out of a situation that looked like, Lord, we have no idea what to do, but our eyes are on you. From almost at the point where we're all going to die because there's nothing, our army can't compete with these three massive armies coming against us, thinking we're going to die or to the point of like, this isn't, I don't know what to do here, to now carrying plunder for three days? I don't know about you, but this is, this is a mighty fun table that I like to sit at with generals. What are we going to do? A tough situation comes my way. Oh, man, well, they, they let me go on my job. What are we going to do? Well, let's praise the Lord. Amen. What do generals talk like? Victory. You can go there if you want. We can sympathize, and we can do that, and we can do that for so long, but it won't actually help. So what are we going to do? We're going to come at this table together, and we are going to start worshiping the Lord, start praising him. The Lord is good, and his mercy endures forever. And we start, we get carried away in his presence, and it says at those moments, suddenly things start turning around. I believe there's some suddenlies that need to take place for us, for you, your finances, for you, your family, for you and your job situation, for you and your health. What do I do? I'm going to start praising the Lord. Can we all stand up together? We don't need a band. What do you need? A voice. A voice. Anybody believe in God for some things? So what do we got to do for it? We're going to just start praising. Can we do that? You go ahead. You don't wait for me. You, go, you just go ahead. You believe in God for some things. You need some things taken care of. Glory to God. Father, I trust in you. Lord, my eyes are fixed on you. Thank you, Jesus. You always cause me to triumph in my Lord Jesus Christ. Thanks be to God. You lead me from victory to victory to victory. God, there's no God like you. There's no God as powerful as you. There's no God as mighty as you. God, you are my source. I look to you, the author and the finisher and the developer of my faith. Oh, so Lord, I count it all joy when weird things come my way, random problems come my way, knowing this, that this joy is actually producing, this patience is producing in me a steadfastness in you. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Hallelujah. Jesus, you're good. You are good. Healing in this room. Healing in this room. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. No, I mean, just encourage you. know what? There's a difference between happiness and joy. Happiness is based on your circumstances. Joy is based on something that you know. What do you know to be true? What do you know? Do you know that by his stripes you are healed? Do you know that? So that way you can just rejoice. Do you know that God says that I will never leave you, I'll never forsake you? So what do I do? Oh, I can boldly say, the Lord is my helper. What can mere mortals, mere men do to me? <laughs> you know what God says? That I will supply all of your needs according to his riches and glory by Christ. Do you know that? Because when you know that, squeeze me all you want, world. Praise the Lord! I cannot be stopped. I will not be stopped. <sighs> you know, the Bible says, too, whenever the enemy is caught, a thief is caught, he has to pay back sevenfold return. If he stole your husband, he stole your wife, you're going to get a better one. If he stole your job, you're going to get a better one. He stole your vehicle, he's going to get a better one. Come on, y'all. We got to start talking and thinking like this. Don't let the devil suck your joy away from you. That's what you got. If he, I remember I heard this message a long time ago from a gentleman, Jerry Savelle. He said, if the devil can't steal your joy, he can't take your goods. Yeah. 
He can't take it. So what do I do? I turn the joy up. I crank it. Come on, say with me. Crank that joy. I got to stir it up. Where is it? It's in me. What do I got to do? I got to turn it up. I got to, sometimes you got to, you know, you got to, you get a big stew or kind of a soup or something. All that stuff kind of sinks to the bottom. You got to stir it up so that all those ingredients get up. Well, joy is in there. So what do you do? Stir it up. How do you do that? Well, the Bible says you can jump for joy. Listen, my attitude changed when I started jumping as a kid. Did it not, Mom? That's what they told us. Your attitude stinks. You better change it. Well, change your attitude. Start jumping. Well, okay. Well, okay. This is good. You can jump for joy. The Bible also says you can shout for it. Now, it's not saying shout just for joy. It says you can actually shout for it. Shout it. Pull it up. It's there. It's there. Shout for it. You can dance for joy. You can sing for joy. It's all there. You just got to stir it up. Don't let a burst pipe sit you down. It's not worth it. So can we take a few minutes maybe just to stir it up? You got any shouters in the house? <laughs> Come on, remember, you're not, you're not shouting at anybody. You're, you're let, we're doing this unto the Lord. And what is the devil doing? He's seeking who may devour. But all of a sudden, when he hears that praise, that shout for joy, that laugh for joy, he, ugh, ugh, he hates it. Great, I'm going to do it even louder. Anybody sing for joy in the house? Ah! All right, so whatever your situation is, whatever you're believing God for, from the place where I am now to the place where I'm believing, till I see the manifestation or till I see my prayer answered, thanksgiving is required. So what do I do? I'm getting more and more established in the faith. How do I do it? Thank you, Lord. Thank you, thank you, thank you. So whatever your situation is right now, can you just take a few minutes just to say thank you, Lord, and just start rejoicing before the ball goes through the hoop. Do you get that terminology? Before we get the touchdown, what do we do? Praise the Lord. Let everything that has breath, praise the Lord. You're believing for a child or a family member to come back to the Lord. What do you do? Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. My family will be saved. Thank you, Lord. They come and know him. That's what we do. Come on, church, let's just do that. There's family members I'm believing God for. Thank you, Lord. Family brought in. Lord, I want to praise you. Thank you that you have not relaxed your hold. Glory to God. Hallelujah. Come on, you shout for joy. You shout for it. Hallelujah. I will not quit. I will not shrink back. I will not relax. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Come on, I believe healing is available this morning right now. Yeah, I just... Thank you, Lord. Shoulders. I just hear in my, in my heart, shoulders. Shoulders being well. Come on, right now. You, what do you do is you take authority over that. You say, now just where you're at, hold on a sec. I believe that God's doing something here. What you do is you, first of all, you take authority on that. So you just talk to your shoulder in the name of Jesus. Shoulder. You be well. Cartilage, muscles, tendons, whatever it is, you be strong. You be well in Jesus' name. And what do you start doing? You start thanking him for it. So if that's you with the shoulder, just come on. 
Let's take authority over that. If, that's, if, that, if you have a shoulder, just put your hand up for a moment. In the name of Jesus. Come on, just say this with me. In the name of Jesus. Shoulder. Line up. Tendons. Ligaments. Muscles. Straighten out. Be whole. Be well. In Jesus' name. Now you've just released your authority. So now what do we do? Thank you, Lord. Come on, thank you, Lord. And now you do something. Listen now. Here's a little clinic. We do something that we haven't done before. Why do we do that? Because we rebel to what the way our body used to function with that ailment. You rebel against the way that the body's telling you to do it. No. I, I couldn't get my arm this high. You rebel. Nope, I'm going this high. You rebel against that. So shoulders again. Let's go. What you couldn't do. You get those things straightened out. You get those things lined up in Jesus' name. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Come on, y'all. Now we just thank the Lord. This is what the Lord's doing right now. So on this, here we go. Thank you, Lord. Shoulders. Now knees. Come on, we taking care of some of these little, these little things. We're no more sitting here. Right here. Ready? Come on. We talk to these knees. Knees. In Jesus' name. Be whole. Be well. I talk to you muscles. I talk to you ACL. In Jesus' name. Function. The way God told you to function. And now what do we do? Up and down. Here we go. Come on. Something you couldn't do. You bend low. Oh yeah, we're getting low. We're getting up. That's enough. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Ah. Last one I hear is just, just stomach. I don't know if it's cramps or if it's just stomach. Blah. You don't have to raise your hand, but right now, let's just talk to our stomachs from this place. I don't want to go over there. Here. Stomach, be well. Thank you, Lord. Now just wait on it. Let the Holy Spirit do the work. Let him do the surgery. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Establish in thanksgiving. Come on, just thank him a little bit. Thank you, Lord. My shoulder is well. My knees are strong. I'm not getting older. Not my knees. No, 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 no. My knees are fit. My knees are strong. They're taking me the distance. Come on, knees. We need you. Come on, you talk to that knee. Knee, come on, line up. Stomach, that's enough. The next thing you eat, you're going to keep it down. Come on, just tell that stomach it's going in and it's staying in. And it'll come out a little differently. (laughs) Amen. This is how we take our authority. Amen. We're good. Hallelujah. We love you. God loves you.